Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can we talk about... No, no, no. (laughs) So here's a thing that you should know about Miss Shira. Oh, she's, you know, she's in her adulting era. Tell let's, me let's about just myself. Say that. She's in her adulting era where she's learning about paying bills. She's learning oh, about shucks. having a bank account. She's Shut learning it. about saving money. And it's like no. it, the way she comes in here being like, oh, my God, I saved like so much money this month. And we're like, everyone in the world is saving money right now. Sure. Welcome Not to everyone. reality. Actually, one, so I many, knew about majority these of the people are are saving money. Or you it's can't. nothing to brag about. It's just a part of adulting. Actually, wait, I'll, I'll bring you the other side of this. What? Actually, I've known about these things, but there's a difference between knowing about them and then implementing the, it into your life. It is hard to save money. A lot of times, we end up at the end of the month with nothing. Right? Speak for yourself. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked, I mean, that's the thing. I've worked to, you know, try to have a more of a healthier um It takes some time for some of us. Of right? Also, you know? I'll but add. It's funny to me that what? it's like you, expl- like, figuring all this out. You're in, like I said, you're in your adulting era. Here, here it is. Of your pop stardom. And, I just and it's just, uh, it's really, it's really funny seeing you just learn so much over time. It's really beautiful. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, I could say other things, but I'm just going to receive that. Just receive that it. Appreciation. Receive it. It's getting this show started. Yes, with some positivity, <laughs> including financial planning. Yes. Uh, coming up. As schools across the country are banning BLM and pride flags, what can be done to protect these teachers? We have the ACLU joining us for that in 30 minutes. Plus, what happened on The View today before Kamala Harris showed up that surprised everyone. It was a bit chaotic, just like the beginning of this show. No, I'm kidding. Honestly, it though, it was. <laughs> it was. You're not lying. Um, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Students at MacArthur High School in Irving, Texas, staged a walkout protest this week in response to the removal of a number of LGBTQ safe space stickers. According to WFAA, it's a local outlet, the teachers who sponsor the school's Gay Straight Alliance Club handed the stickers out to their fellow teachers earlier this year, but those stickers suddenly disappeared by the end of August, and so hundreds of students came out to protest that this week. Now, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki called out Republicans over immigration reform. There are a lot of Republicans out there giving speeches about how outraged they are about the situation at the border. Not many who are putting forward uh, solutions or steps that we could take. So we're a little tired of the speeches. We'd like to partner on solutions and working together to address this problem that has not been partisan. Okay. Well, the White House is currently dealing with the crisis on the border, including at Del Rio, Texas. Now, the CDC gave more evidence today that school mask requirements can help keep children healthy and in classrooms, showing lower spikes in pediatric COVID cases and fewer school closures in places that require them. Meanwhile, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, actually uh, ended up approving booster shots for those 65 and older and those frontline workers yesterday, officially. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right, let's talk about it. The insane COVID-19 moment that happened on The View today and how it disrupted the entire show, basically. And it's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Now, uh, The View co-hosts Sonny Hostin and Anna Navarro were pulled from the show set over their positive COVID test results. So they were in the show. The show was live and happening, and... It just stopped. 
Um, and this was all minutes before VP Kamala Harris was supposed to come on for an interview. We're going to play the moment for you right now. Okay, we're back. And there seems to be something happening here that I'm not 100% aware of. Can someone please apprise me of the situation? I need uh, the two of you to step off for a second. Okay. Anna and and uh, and, and we're going to bring you back later. Have to okay. leave. Yeah. Yes. And we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll t- tell you why in a couple of minutes. So shall I introduce the vice president? Yes. Okay. So vice president. No. No. Nope. Okay. Shall we dance? Let's do a tap dance. Let's do a tap dance. <laughs> Let's do a short commercial, we'll come back. Talk about what? What what else can we talk about for uh, Hot Topic? Okay, as we always do in television when we're in a tight spot, we'll be right back. So they cut. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm kind of very entertained by that because it happens. And then when you're. It's live TV! It happens to all of us, even us here, where we'll be talking to, like, talking to each other and then you just gotta you, you'll think your mic time. is off yeah. and then you're kind of trying to get notes from each other yeah. and then you're doing it live. So this all happened um, and when they came back they decided like oh actually it wasn't a tease. Um, here's what happened. Sonny and Anna had positive COVID tests and they have to be taken off and it's a breakthrough case because they are both vaccinated blah blah blah. Um, well, the on-air debacle appears to have been a needless precaution because two rounds of follow-up tests were negative. Um, basically, they have, um, according to sources, the, the View co-hosts are all tested multiple times a week, and the false positive results that sent the show off the rails today were actually the product of tests administered on Thursday. But those results, however, weren't passed along until the hosts were already on the air Friday morning. So it's unclear why that was even allowed to happen. But yeah, this was one big mess up and what an entertaining moment living. I mean, this is what life goes on in the middle of a pandemic. Like, this is just what happens. And so... <laughs> I kind of loved it. I know it was chaotic, but it's like, it's somewhat entertaining and fun to see yeah. in real time that even the most professional show has their moment. Yeah. And it makes it more real. It makes them feel more real. Kamala Harris did come on. She, uh, she, uh, ended up being in a remote location at the studio and Joy and Sarah ended up doing the interview was the interview that great I know Sunny was probably upset because I know she was ready to grill Kamala Harris especially about everything that's happening at the border with Haiti right now Um, and Navarro was ready as well and so yeah but also it was fun to see you know Joy just kind of do what she's good Doing at. It, yeah. Like, she's good at that. She's good at kind of making things happen in the moment. But that's your tea report. Um, make sure to check out more of that story on wearechannelq.com. Well, next up, could the end of COVID-19 stop with the Delta variant? Well, we have a infectious diseases expert joining us for more of that right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. COVID-19 Scenario Modeling Hub, a group of researchers who've been studying and following the trajectory of the pandemic, announced a new prediction saying that the worst of the Delta surge is likely behind us. Yeah, I doubt it. So we want to find out more about this. Dr. Amesh Adalja joins us right now, a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center. Thanks so much for being here. Sure, thanks for having me. So tell us more about this modeling hub and how they predicted this? What they predicted is that because Delta has been so dominant in the United States, so many people got infected, especially the unvaccinated, that there's now a combination of natural immunity plus vaccine-induced immunity that's going to cause cases to fall. And if you look over the last 14 days nationally, cases have been falling. That Delta comes fast, it infects who it infects, and then becomes kind of Uh, constrained by its own success at infecting people. And I do think that these models are likely to be borne out that, that, and this is what we've seen in other countries, that that cases fall. And I think that we hopefully, with the natural immunity and the vaccine-induced immunity, we won't run into this problem uh, as badly as in the past. But we're still going to have COVID cases. We're still going to have Delta. It's just not going to have the same the same power. Well, here's the thing, Dr. Amesh, this feels kind of like deja vu in some ways because we got to this point where, okay, we saw the surges kind of slow down and cases dropped and then we ended up seeing another surge. So how should we be kind of defining, you know, a surge at this point? How should we be looking at it, you know, from a different POV? Well, you have to remember that Delta Delta kind of changed the equation because we were dealing with another variant called the Alpha variant and that's when we saw cases falling, 
and and it was just everything was looking good. And then till Delta took hold, and then basically because it is so much more contagious, and because we didn't do a good enough job vaccinating people, especially high risk individuals, Delta found found a home in the United States and was really able to to spread and put hospitals into problems again, primarily in the South, more of a regional problem uh, when it comes to hospitalization issues. But what we've seen is that Delta is the most contagious or most fit version of this virus. So it's very hard for it to be supplanted or get pushed out by another variant. We'll likely see evolution. We're going to see cases of Delta. But because so many high-risk people have either been vaccinated, have been infected, have natural immunity, or are dead, it becomes harder for this virus to be able to cause problems in hospitals as more and more as, as more and more uh, people that are susceptible to severe disease are kind of taken out of the equation by one of those three methods. So I think we'll we'll see cases cases are going to go up and they're going to go down. We're not going to see COVID disappear. It's not eradicated. It's not going to be eradicated or eliminated. But what it's going to be is more of a manageable respiratory virus, much like some of the others that we deal with every year. And, and that's the trajectory of this pandemic. It's going to transition or already has transitioned into an endemic respiratory virus. So do we have less to be worried about? It seems like you're bringing a pretty optimistic view to it right now. Well, it's not optimistic or pessimistic. It just is. It's just that this virus has established itself in the human population. It's not going anywhere. And our goal has always been to tame it, to remove its ability to cause serious disease, hospitalization, and death. And the best way to do that is through vaccination. We didn't do enough vaccination before Delta took hold here, and, and that's why we ran into those problems. But what, we, we see, what we'll see in the future is that even if you look at how bad it got now and how bad it is, it still didn't hit what we saw in December and January of, of last year when it was basically hellish in the hospitals. And that has to do with the fact that the vaccine is working, natural immunity is working, and, and that's going to be to continue to be the case. As this virus infects more people, right. it loses its ability to cause that same problem. Not that it's a zero problem, but that it's a much more manageable problem. Yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I just can't help but think how politically this this whole virus is on two different timelines, right? In some states, you know, people are, you know, if you're thinking about it politically, red states aren't, they have more cases and they're not, you know, you know, getting vaccinated in the ways that we should be seeing. And right. And so how do we really feel comfortable to say that the surge is kind of slowing down if half the country feels like it is not on the same page still because of politics? Because, ha- that ha- because half that country is going to get infected and get natural immunity. So eventually, yes, it will all t- turn out that way. Unfortunately, it's going to it comes at such an exacting cost to the South where they got hit hard. But the, the fact is, that's why cases are down in the United States, because the South got hit so hard and it killed people and it immunized people naturally. Wow. So that's why cases have fallen. If you look at where cases, where, where the cases, the biggest drops have been, it's in those states that were getting hit hard early on in that Delta surge because the virus did its job there and infected all of those people who are now who have natural immunity now. And the virus, at least in the short term, is not able to infect them. So that's why cases fell. So it's not as if this is it's it's not just a model. We're actually looking at clinical data showing cases down about 10 or 12 percent over the last two weeks. And that's largely because Delta burned through those unvaccinated populations. We still need to do more with vaccinations because it didn't get every not everybody was got infected there. There's still people that are susceptible. We need to get vaccination rates up to be more resilient. But because Delta was so disastrous in some of those states in the South, it actually uh, gave this level of immunity there that made it harder for it to spread. And that's why we're seeing, for example, uh, cases cases falling nationally. There are some states like Alaska, for example, or Idaho, where cases are still going up. But those big populous states like Florida, Texas, Georgia, they got hit bad enough that, that, that that's that now their cases falling is giving the whole U.S. a better picture because they were comprising the majority of the cases. I had no clue about Alaska. My co-host just got back from there. So that's really helpful. Anyway, thank you. Uh, that was, that was uh, Dr. Amesh Adalja, Senior Scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Well. <laughs> hey, I don't know why. He, he loves us, but also hates us at the same time. <laughs> he's, and he's, he's he just focuses. Like, he's I'm focused very, right he's on serious. it. Yeah, he's a doctor. Exactly. Next thank up, you, doctor. Um, As schools across the country are banning BLM and pride flags, what does the future of free speech and social justice look like in schools? We've got the ACLU here for us for that next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. School districts across the country have been cracking down on Black Lives Matter and pride flags during a year that has seen escalating attacks on LGBTQ students. Not only the flags are being taken down, but the teachers are being let go or forced to resign. Joining us right now is Kelly Simon, legal director of the ACLU of Oregon. Thanks for being with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, have we seen these types of incidents in the past? Why is it so prevalent right now? You know, I I hesitate to say this is something new, right? We are, uh, our country has a long history of seeing attacks on black students, in particular in our public school systems, um, from the day integration started and the harm of, of um, having separate schooling. Um, so, so I hesitate to say this is new. And we find ourselves, I think, in a political moment where we are seeing a pattern of these particular types of attacks in schools across the country. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to get down to the logistics of this because apparently the uh, Utah's Davis School District, this is kind of really where this is happening in Salt Lake City. Um, they're saying that they're just merely following like state law and all this stuff. And it seems like it's, it's really... Uh, a fine line where uh, apparently the rules on this subject are like ambiguous. It, it seems like on a lot of these rules, there's no clear line of whether this can happen or not, that they can just ban these flags. What, what do we think is going to be next steps on trying to make this as clear as possible? Like, and of course we don't want them to ban these flags because they're necessary. They absolutely are necessary. And I'm, I'm not familiar with what's happening in Utah specifically, um, nor do I know Utah's law. But I will say that the federal constitution provides very strong protections for both teachers and students to um, display these flags. Not only do um, students especially have strong speech protections under our U.S. constitution, but state laws across the country and federal law mandate that we provide school school to our students free from discrimination. And I think if you look at the history of the school systems in this country, it is absolutely necessary that our teachers are being explicit about their affirmation of the identities of LGBTQ students and Black students. And definitely... Unfortunately, we're still having to deal with this and fight this. And the ACLU is doing some great work in Oregon. Can you talk about what you're doing to protect teachers and students there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for folks who are listening and aren't familiar with what's happening in Oregon, there's a school district in Newburgh, Oregon, that has directed the superintendent to take down Black Lives Matter and Pride displays. Um, and has directed their policy committee to de- develop a policy that would do the same. So ACLU sent a demand letter to the school district and said, whoa, 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 
you have to get through both the state and federal constitution as well as state and federal law before you even come close to being permitted to pass a policy that would get anywhere near this. And I really don't believe, and we've communicated this to the district, that they're going to be able to come up with a policy that has the effect that they want, which is to 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 pr- promote hate in their schools. And that's exactly what they're doing without the policy. You know, we've seen some really disturbing incidents recently um, of both students and teachers engaging in very gross racist behavior. Um, and so neither this policy nor what they're doing right now is is something that uh, ACLU will stand quietly by and watch happen. Yeah, and why do these people kind of, their excuse behind banning these flags are that it's, these flags are like political and they want to stay neutral, but wouldn't you also say that the American flag is also political, especially in the ways that we saw it being used in 2020? I think there's an argument there, certainly. I mean, we in Oregon have a, a law that requires the display of American flags in classrooms. Um, so, so I think that uh, points to a really big problem with the type of policy that they're working to craft. The draft language right now prohibits political, quasi-political, or controversial type displays. Um, and that's a really vague thing um, to, to ban. Um, I think you can see by watching their conversations that not one school member, school board member, excuse me, who's promoting this type of policy can really define political and you know i'm a queer woman my identity is not political it's not up for debate Mm -hmm. the fact that the united states exists is not up for debate it does um and so i see those things as uh on equal footing as you kind of insinuated at the beginning of your question um we're not going to ban the american flag in our schools and we can't ban uh lgbtq or black students and i think that's really what's at the heart of what's motivating people is they're uncomfortable that we have to recognize that people like us exist. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for the work you're doing. That was Kelly Simon, legal director of the ACLU of Oregon. Thanks again. Thank you. I'll take care. You too. Next up, is it wrong to put your kids on social media without their consent? The big debate as uh, also Kylie Jenner announces a baby line. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've been talking about putting your kids, babies specifically, on social media. And, of course, Kylie Jenner just launched Kylie Baby. I mean, talk about monetizing your baby. I mean, that's, I feel like, is that a different story because they're already famous? a different story. Yeah. However, you could say... Her baby doesn't have a social media account. Oh, so it's different if you have your own company and She's you're putting your baby in it. She's in a mother. Ads. Of course, okay. she would include her baby. So this came up for me, actually, while I was out of town with my boyfriend. We have those deep discussions, you know, where we talked about, <laughs> would we put our child on social media? I mean, this isn't something he would do because he's not on social media, but it was something he asked me. And I guess it wasn't something I really had thought about because I I think I would put my kid on on my social, maybe. Like, I wouldn't just, like, have the back of their head or their hands. I would. It would only be their, like, their fingers are their hands. I'm never putting my kids on social media when they're babies. However, I don't think I would start an account for them. Because a lot of people do that. You said you would earlier. No, 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 I wouldn't. I talked about it with my boyfriend. We decided together. Uh-huh. And I I agreed with him that it, it wasn't appropriate and that you should wait until getting their consent. You, like, no. Wait, six or something. Now I feel like we have a different. Because earlier you said you would be willing to get their accounts. So I said they I said I would get an account. We keep it private. So oh, when they're wanting, okay. when Hi, they're if they're finally wanting to do it, and if they're wanting to do their real name, if right. they want to do whatever they want, they could do it. But I, like my boyfriend had said that we'd have a conversation with them and say they're six years old and they're wanting to do it. We'd we'd support them and help them do it so it's safe, obviously, right? But a lot of people launch accounts, and I see this from friends, whether they're public figures or just <laughs> regular people, launching accounts to their kids and tagging them and starting all of that. And of course, we know there's like people that build Would their you brands have done as a family. It if Chris said yes. Maybe I wouldn't yes. have thought. Maybe I wouldn't have thought it was as 
ethically wrong and the the arguments you brought up made me feel really bad about it and made it so feel worse. So you into it? No, it's just like you end up having an honest conversation with someone and I guess things that you know but you don't really think too much about start coming to light and then you start what, realizing What were some it. of the reasons? I think that it, it can be wrong. privacy. Yeah, I think it can be uh, well, the safety and privacy. I think it could be wrong ethically. Like what if they're older and they don't feel comfortable and they and weren't okay with it. it? Yeah, but that's after you've already posted their entire lives and like started this thing. And did you start it for them or is it for you? Right. And they could, they could grow resentment to you for that. Right. Yeah. I, I if there's someone that ends up being a more private or doesn't want to be on camera or doesn't want to be part of this world, but and they're then, babies. You gonna ask them in their baby language? Gaga. Like I'm like, how are you? No, to get I think as they wait, well, as they grow up and they see what you're doing, and we're maybe having so fun that's at and least doing until stuff. Six. I you don't know. Until they're six years. And up. then if they start showing, like, I want something like mommy has, or I want, okay, well, do you know what that means? Like having a conversation with someone about it. I think we need to start having honest, conscious conversations with our children about these. Things that are becoming so much part of our lives. You know what I'm getting annoyed at? It's oh. starting to be that conversation about should I should I should my baby give me consent to change his diaper? Should my baby give me consent before I? You no, know, these wipe are things you eyes? need to help with. Should my baby give me consent before I, I say? Do are, you want to eat wait, these apples? Is, and green is beans? eating and basic survival and going to the bathroom the same as launching a social media account now? Depending on who you ask, if you're if you're monetizing off of them and you're trying to build their their college fund off of it or something. Yeah, and that, that also like. Uh, goes back to, you know, ba- uh, babies who are actors, right? Or performers. That could be a beautiful thing. And then they actually get into it and they're probably happy that their parents started them off early. Yeah, but it's just, I, I think, yes, I think you should have it up. For me, I'm never putting my kids on social media in the sense of like, I would make like an announcement being like, oh, I'm having a baby, we're blah, blah, blah. But I'm not like putting their faces there. I just don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm very private in that way. To be honest, I don't even want to put my partner whenever that happens. I'm never going to put them on social media if I'm all, if I'm being quite honest. I don't really like that. Um, what if I, you take really cute pictures? No, then I'll, if I do it, then I'm putting it on my close friends and that's literally for the close people that I I know. feel like I've not been in your close friends. I do stories. You are in my close friends. I haven't seen any recently. Because I haven't anyway, posted continue, any recently. Oh, wow. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Um, but no, you are. Uh, but I haven't really used it recently. But because I haven't had anything to hide. Anyway. Um, but I will say, for me, I just yeah, I don't. Getting into the whole ethical side of it, girl. I think there are ethics to it. I don't know. That seems a little intense. But I, for me, I just I just want to. With visibility comes the the lack of privacy and safety, and you have to be careful with that. And that's my main thing. Me too. I mean, I get it scares me to think of It honestly sounds like you were guilted by your partner. Where we're you, at. Were, you were so for it. The no. point of social media was so for it. And then <laughs> you had a conversation with your partner and it was just like, well, oh my God, now I'm you know, I'm Canadian I'm, and my well, mind. Yeah, is I'm changed. seeing his perspective. <laughs> that's what that's what happens what's when you're in a relationship. What's your perspective? I think I feel like you were so down for it. I think that if I had a partner probably that was like super excited about it and we were doing it together, then it would be a different story. When you don't, when you have someone that isn't into it, yeah, you approach it differently. Well, I guess if you're the housewives of Canada, he's never going to let watch the out on there. <laughs> we'll never see that. We'll never see that. Happen. Not if I'm getting some coin out of that. He's like, go get it. Well, that's the thing. It, does that change the ethical thing if you're getting money? Well, if from I'm it? getting it. Oh. Not for, like, uh, using our kids to get it. And I do want to be clear before we wrap this up. My thoughts have changed on this because I know at, at points we have talked about this and I've been all about, yeah, my kids better earn they rent. Um, but my thoughts have changed on that. Unless your kid's the future JoJo Siwa. Now, that's a whole different thing. Now, if my kid so happens to fall into <laughs> being the next big influencer, girl, it's, it's above me now. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are back and coming up on the show, black families are hiring private investigators because cops won't find their kids. We're going to be talking more about that in 15 minutes with Vice News. Uh, Plus, a celebrity couple has broken up after three years together. And plot twist, they're both aliens. Oh, that's at the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. 
When OnlyFans announced its plan to scrap adult content in mid-August, only to suspend the decision five days later, many online sex workers who use the site were forced again to reckon with the unstable nature of their industry. So... Now many sex workers are building their own websites, making sure their content is available on multiple platforms and focusing on securing their income in case one platform disappears. However, they're confronting an issue because a lot of the sites and servers and hosting platforms don't want to host sex workers on their platforms. And so this is leaving them with even more issues, which kind of puts them back into the place where they started and having to rely on places like OnlyFans. So, well, yeah, I mean, ha- creating websites and um, cre- like having a server to to make sure that it can stand for how many people are on your site and all that. It's a it's an intense process. It's very expensive, and so unfortunately, it does seem like OnlyFans is the only place for it to happen. Um, and I don't think we are going to expect like like anything other like anything like the last thing that happened. I don't think it's going to happen again. And so yeah, definitely. I, don't, I think they're safe. And yeah. some, but I understand the the like lack of trust that they have into this company. Yeah, and and a lot of companies. But it's not just the amount of people that could go on the site. It's the fact that a lot of these companies don't necessarily promote or accept this type of work, unfortunately. And so I think that needs to change on the com- those companies because they need to accept that work as work and as a regular company like every other company and not discriminate. Mm-hmm. Now, this is really big news, okay? CNN's Chris Cuomo has been accused of sexual harassment by his former ABC boss, Shelley Ross, in an opinion article she wrote for the New York Times. In the article, Ross describes the incident that allegedly occurred in 2005 when both she and Cuomo worked at ABC. She also shared a copy of the email Cuomo sent her following the incident, where he apologized and said he was ashamed. Cuomo has not responded to the allegations. Wow. Which this is, I mean, the Cuomo brothers are going through it, and, you know, he was advising his brother, because clearly he has history. Yeah, this is really interesting. (laughs) Still got that Cuomo crush? I mean, (laughs) this is going down. Uh, His boss, too. Can you imagine? That was his boss. It says, he walked toward me and greeted me with a strong bear hug while lowering one hand to firmly grab and squeeze the cheek of my butt. I can do this now that you're no longer my boss, he said to me with a kind of cocky arrogance. No, you can't, I said. Seems like a lapse of judgment. A lapse? What? I mean, it's inappropriate. That is not a lapse of judgment. That is creepy. He totally thinks he has the, like, autonomy, like, you know. And then he wrote back and said, I'm ashamed, and he apologized. Girl, that don't mean nothing. You you are, my thing is, just because you're, are you ashamed because she's speaking about it? No, he said it right after the incident in 2015. Girl. Or in But he's still that person that did that. What what changes from him? Because, what, she didn't respond in the way that he thought she was going to respond? Like, what if she, she would have been like, oh, let's go have sex, and that, that would have made no, it okay? No. It's, yeah, it's He's weird. He's still a creep. It is weird. How dare you think you have, like, the right to do that to her body and then apologize when you see it doesn't go her, go your way? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be reporting about that probably Monday. There'll be some updates because it will be interesting to see how CNN handles this now as well. It's been a lot with him this past year, and this could Gross. be the uh, nail in the coffin. That was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News, Ryan. Oh, God. I didn't think I was ever going to have to say this. But Elon Musk and Grimes have broken up after three years together. They were such couple goals. Well, after naming their baby, like, just, uh, I don't know, several different letters on the keyboard... Um, they are now semi-separated, but remain on good terms and continue to co-parent their one-year-old son. Um, basically, wow, actually, Elon gave the 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 exclusive to Page Six, saying we are semi-separated, but we still love each other and see each other frequently and are on great terms. Um, he said, it's mostly that my work at SpaceX and Tesla requires me to be primarily in Texas and traveling overseas, and her work is primarily in L.A. She's staying with me now, and Baby X is in the adjacent room. Wow. So I guess they're good, but they're just not together. I mean, they're just weird. I could see them just being very open, possibly, with their relationship. Making it work. Well, he's in Texas. She's in L.A. 
She's pursuing his, her music career. He's pursuing space. You have a very imaginative just thought process on what they're doing with their time and, and money, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know why she was with him anyway. It's not like she was getting anything from him. But we'll see. She got a baby. Gross. She got, <laughs> I guess, attention. I mean, they both were very into the... Uh, That's what I'm saying. If you think that she was getting money for him to fund her own career, she spoke out against no, him. No, it wasn't that. But I, She's I, stupid for not doing that. He's a billionaire. Are you kidding me? He should fund everything that I do. If I want a glass of water, he better give me money so I can go buy it somewhere. I mean, I'm it's just hard saying. to find $2 these days. I would have said, no, this is a $40 glass of water. Actually, no, this is a $40,000 a well. glass of water. <laughs> I'm buying a whole dam. <laughs> Back to Tea Report. I got more coming up next hour. Well, next up, Gabby Petito's disappearance is bringing up stories of many women of color who are missing as well. And other families are speaking out. Vice News joins us for that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As Gabby Petito's disappearance has made national headlines, other stories have started coming out, including about those who have gone missing who haven't gotten the same attention from cops or the media. And it just so happens that those individuals also happen to be black, indigenous or people of color. Manisha Krishnan is back with us, who's a senior editor at Vice News and who's been covering these stories. Thanks again for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, because this is continuing, and we were talking about Daniel Robinson when you were here earlier this week. Tell us more about what you've discovered. Yeah, so Daniel went missing um, in July, and so basically um, his family, you know, had alerted the authorities there, and they ended up hiring a private investigator who I got to to speak with this week. And the private investigator, he's a former cop. He said that there were a number of missteps that police took. Um, He said that despite the fact that police initially ruled out foul play, he thinks something was very suspicious with the way that Daniel's car was found. Um, There were just a number of clues that he found that were off. And so Basically, my story today was about how black families are turning to private investigators or lawyers to try to find answers to what happened to their kids. Yeah, and I would imagine there's a process with that, like how expensive that can end up being. Like, how are black families kind of adapting to having to now, one, worry about finding their missing loved ones and then also having to, like, fund this investigation because people aren't doing what they're supposed to do? (laughs) I mean, exactly. Right. It's a it's a great question. I mean, one of the families, um, one of the cases that I was talking about, his name is Kawan Charles. He's a 15 year old who went missing in Louisiana. Three days later, he was found dead. Police did not issue a statewide alert, which is what they were supposed to do. And it goes out to all media outlets. They didn't ping for his cell phone. And the the family actually had to go to a neighboring police department to ping his cell phone. That's when they found him and he had died. Um, And so this lawyer was telling me, he's like, there's no hotline for this. Um, The family actually found him because he had done other sort of high profile civil rights cases in Louisiana. Um, and so they're doing it pro bono. But in other cases, it's like these families have to crowdfund essentially to create like a shadow police investigative team to find out what happened. That is just I mean, crazy. devastating. Yeah. And can they uh, sue these police or these cities that they're in? Like what happens now that this is going more public? Are those uh, individuals becoming more involved, those communities and authorities? So with Daniel Robinson, because of this increased media scrutiny, the police, three months later, the police are now consulting with like an outside accident expert. Um, And this is something that, according to the investigator that I talked to, this is something they should have been doing from day one. Um, And they've now lost three months of valuable time because when someone goes missing, it's those first few days that are really crucial to finding out what happened. Um, In the case of Kawan Charles, the 15-year-old who I just referenced from Louisiana, who who ended up, you know, he he was found dead. Um, His parents are now, his family is now suing the police department um, over their negligence. And the lawyer that I spoke to, he said part of the reason that they're suing is so that they can actually find out 
the evidence and the steps that the police took because police are not being transparent about it. So hmm. I know there's a racial piece to this, but I also wonder, is there just a lack of training when it comes to these local de- police departments on them not even knowing how to handle situations like this? Yeah, so that's what this private investigator who I talked to who's looking into Daniel Robinson's case, it's interesting because he's built his own investigative team. So he's an accident, like a car accident reconstruction expert. He's got a homicide expert. He's got a missing persons expert on his team. They're all retired cops. And what he told me is some of these sort of tiny, you know, police departments, they don't have the training. They don't necessarily have the investigative skills that are necessary. So he thinks there's also kind of a resource issue there where some of these police departments, you know, it's a missing persons case. And they're just kind of like, yeah, we did what we could. We talked to who we can and we don't have any leads. And that's kind of the end of the story. Right. And well, that's where you see the systemic racism come yeah. to play because that's when they're like, well, is this important or not important, right? So. Exactly, exactly. And the journalists and media organizations reporting on something can easily escalate something from being not important mm. to important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they don't identify with it, right? If someone says, oh, this person reminds me of me or my daughter, right? You could see how that continues as well. What about how the FBI gets involved? At what point does that happen? Yeah, you know what? That's like actually a really good question that I feel like I should explore that um, in, in another piece because I'm curious about when does the FBI actually get involved? Like, when is it important enough? Like, we've seen with Gabby's case where the FBI is involved. Um, Jelani Day, who is a young black man who went missing from Illinois, mm-hmm. his family was saying, I want the FBI involved in, in this case. Um, and now that's actually gotten a lot of attention he was identified yesterday as he, he's now been identified as a body that was found in the Illinois River. And oh. so he is dead. Um, and now apparently the authorities are saying the FBI is getting involved. Um, me being not being American, I'm not totally sure like what the trigger is for the FBI to get involved. But it does seem like a lot of media attention may be a factor in that. Okay, well, thanks again. And yeah, we'd love to have you back on as you continue to look at these stories. Yeah, I love your coverage. You're doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Have a great weekend. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The weekend is coming up. We're all making our plans. It brought up the question... If you were dating someone, would you go to their ex's party? To their ex's or your ex? Or the other way around, if your ex invited you to a party, would you bring your current partner? Um, I mean, to be honest, if you're cool, if you and your ex are on good terms and you've moved forward and y'all are still friends, however way, because that is possible, um, then yeah, I don't think it's a big of a deal. I just would expect your... Like, your partner has to be also mature enough to realize that, oh, I'm still friends with my ex, and this is just kind of how it is. But it takes a mature kind of mindset to think like that. Yeah, that is true. I look back at some of my relationships. I think that I'm not necessarily at a place where I I feel like if if my ex lived in town, I would want to go to his birthday. I don't know how comfortable it would be on both sides. You already know how, you know it would I'm be say, okay. I'm saying that it's we're not at the t- place. I think that at a, a certain point in the future, my hope is when my ex is, has a partner or then we've solidified our relationship more, You know, I think it needs more time. I think on my side, time is always 
the healer. You know, I'm also a firm believer, yes, you can end things with your, and you can still be friends with your ex, but I'm also a firm believer in not forcing it to be like a friendship. If it doesn't work out, if y'all not friends, then just move on. Leave that chapter to be a past chapter, and that's just what it was. You don't have to be like talk to them for it not to feel like things are not like okay. Like Y'all can still be cool, and y'all just not communicate. Totally. And I have many of those in my life. A few of those. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux. That's, I don't see uh, how it would. Well, because uh, the other day, I guess she made a statement about how, oh, because she shared an Instagram story of his nonprofit for dogs saving dogs. And everyone was like, oh, it's so nice because they're still friends. Like, they have a good dynamic. They catch up with each other. Right. But I, I think that I haven't had that in the past. I feel like my most recent. I don't necessarily want to go out of my way to, but I think that I might have that with my most recent ex where we will still like congratulate each other or wish each other happy birthday. That also, though, by the way. If my partner is not okay with that. If my partner is not okay with with that, that? I would have to respect that, obviously, unless I want to win my relationship. No, I think that being in a relationship is a give and take. You do have to sacrifice some things. And if, if you want to. Uh, be respectful to your partner. You have to think about, is it really worth it, right? Yeah. Uh, is is that it worth you creating an issue with your partner by by conne- continuing to connect with someone? But are you also stopping a possible growth for your partner to kind of get out of that? Look at you. You should be a therapist. I mean, you know? I do think... Uh, I think it's, are. once again... <laughs> once again, I, I do think it's all about time. I think that time heals you didn't answer my question because my thing is if you if you continue to enable him being like oh yeah i'm gonna compromise i'm gonna keep compromising you're stifling his own growth to get him out of that uncomfortable space to see that y'all have this like healthy relationship and to well it needs possible. to be healthy you know at a certain point um i think with me i've had and and other people you you might be listening to this and this resonates you might have been in a place where you're still connecting with your ex and maybe realize mm, maybe there needs to be a bit of distance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely, I've I've felt that. And I think I'm on the other side of that where there's not a lot of communication, but there's enough where it's respectful and it's because there is care even if you're not together. So yeah, I might not be going to a party anytime soon, but maybe in the future, what would you do in this situation at LGT Shows where you can find us on social media? We'd love to hear from you. But next up, Anderson Cooper is speaking out about a woman who could have been his surrogate. That's next on What's Turning This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, we're going into our advice archives. We're getting uh, some of the craziest questions that we see in advice columns, and we're bringing them to you. Plus, giving our expert responses. That's coming up in a bit. It involves jealousy in a relationship. So stick around for that in 30 minutes. And also in the T-Report, Anderson Cooper is coming out to talking about his possible surrogate stick around for that in a moment but first let's get into some what's trending this hour after the abrupt departure of rania copeland as ceo of the black aids institute the nonprofit hired a trans woman to take her place at least temporarily the 23 year old organization announced today that tony newman currently the interim ceo at the san francisco based lgbtq organization lyric will soon be the new interim ceo the los angeles-based organization focuses on hiv education prevention and treatment among african americans a group disproportionately affected by hiv and they have nearly 40 employees and operate at five million annual budget so congrats to them on this big announcement and tony for her job as the interim ceo now moving on to texas who always has just such disappointing news governor greg abbott signed a bill that reduces accessibility to abortion drugs via mail here he is we as texans stepped up and passed multiple laws this session to do more than Texas and more than any other state has ever done to protect innocent unborn life. As Jonathan mentioned, we passed the heartbeat bill to ensure that every unborn child with a heartbeat will be saved. Okay, and moving on, former President Donald Trump is 
putting forth a bunch of arguments in his federal lawsuit against Twitter for banning him. In a court filing, Trump argues that Twitter's terms of service don't apply to him because, guess what, he was president when it permanently suspended him. He's also arguing that the terms don't apply because Twitter is so addictive, he didn't have a choice but to accept them. This is great. Trump is currently fighting Twitter's motion to move the case from Florida, where he filed suit, to California. Uh, Twitter's terms of service designate courts in San Francisco County as the exclusive venues where they can be sued, otherwise known as a form selection clause. So basically, he wanted to do it in Florida because he thought he would more likely have a chance to win. But they're like... No, because Florida actually has protections against some of these social media platforms. Well, anyway, so we'll see if Trump makes his way back on Twitter after this case is done. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, my God. Anderson Cooper just told the weirdest and funniest story ever. And it's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, you know, of course, he's a parent. He's a new father. And he's co-parenting with his ex. um, But he talked about the process of when he like decided he wanted to have a child and how his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt, wanted to be his surrogate at 85. She was 85 wow. when she said this. I mean... How is that... Girl. Pop, uh, well, it's like clearly, maybe an idea, but yeah, how is that actually possible? just wanting to... She wanted to really be involved. Uh, he explained that she's, uh, she wanted to serve as a surrogate for, for him. Uh, should he want to have a baby? Um, he said, he told her, Mom, I love you, but even for you, this is back blank crazy. This is just nuts. That is so weirdly um, on a whole new level. That kid would be on the cover of the New York Post for the rest of its life. I mean, yeah, that's a little weird, right? Like, I'm never going to ask. I even, To be honest, I've, I've always even kind of found it weird to even ask, like, your sister to be your surrogate. I give credit to family members who do that for their family. I, I think it's really intense. It's weird. It's weird. I, I have to be honest. It's just, now, if it's like your partner, like, even that, it's like your partner's... And I know people do that because I've seen it, it moms, costs a lot of I, money, and that's like a that's an affordable way of doing yes. it because you have someone in your family who's willing to do that. But nah, having your yeah, watching your sibling go through that for you, yeah, it's intense. I'm not even thinking about my sibling go through that for me. It's just like you now have my partner's sperm inside of you. Well, they, they, it was placed there. It wasn't like do that. I mean, no, if well, I was younger, gosh, I, I, if I, I have a question, Ryan. If she I would just explain to me how <laughs> you know surrogacy works. If I was younger, would you want me to be a surrogate? No, because I'm not honestly sure if you're all the way healthy enough. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna I'm be healthy. No, here's the thing. I'm going to be like such. When I have a surrogate, I'm yeah, I wouldn't want to be, like be your surrogate. I'd be like a prisoner like, in the home. Want, yeah, I'm like literally. I want my surrogate to live in my home. Like I'm gonna want to make sure my surrogate is like under the clock of like understanding. God, what's it going sounds on. really stressful. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be lovely for I'm, them. I'm never gonna yeah. have them be stressed. Of course. But yeah, I am gonna have. I mean, that's like two hundred thousand dollars in their belly. You know, it costs a lot of money for surrogates. Oh yeah. Well. Thanks for that tea. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. What if your friend wouldn't let you meet their partner because you're that person's type? Would you be okay with that? <laughs> I didn't I'm know just diving right in. Well, here's the thing. This happened with the next best friend of mine. But I... So his, he was scared. He, he hid his boyfriend from me. Oh. But it wasn't more... It, was, it wasn't because I... Oh, I have a confession to make. What? <laughs> I guess I have to ask. Friday confession But he time. doesn't know this. And I have yet All to right. ever, like, have this conversation okay. with him. But I actually, me and him actually, him, me and his boyfriend actually matched on a dating app. And we were talking for a while. Ooh. Um, and then but you, once oh, yeah? I, I kind of, here's the thing. He ended up being, like, a person who, no shade to carnival people. But he ended up having a background as a clown. And I'm actually really terribly, like, like. <laughs> Actually, I'm actually. Well, this took a twist. No, I'm actually very afraid of clowns, and so and he still has like the big shoes, and he like he still has like all of his like carnival stuff. <laughs> so for me, that what? was kind of like a deal breaker. Why I stopped, just like okay. I honestly ghosted him in that moment. Uh, so and so then fast yes, forward to him it. talking to my him and my I, my best friend tells me like uh, my then best friend tells me that oh I'm talking to someone new. He shows me who the person is. I pretend like I never met clown him. man. Okay, never talked to him. Never met him. I met him once. Right. And we both pretended like we had never met each other. That's amazing. 
like we have both pretended. Um, and so that's the kind of the closest that I've ever gotten to a situation like that. And yeah, that is first, hilarious. Wow, Grinders really. Uh, it wasn't Grinder. Those apps, other apps really know how to connect people. I mean, they really, it's like spot on. Like, let's get it as. They didn't get it right because if anyone knows it, anything about me, they know I'm afraid of clowns. Okay. But like, I meant. In, carnival people. In terms of like targeting people obviously close to each other, right? Like yeah, incestuous. but I don't even I don't even know if that's the thing because I here's the thing that I do I always block my friends on the dating app so if I see them I block them because okay. I don't want them to pop up for like me or anything like totally. that like you know and so um, I don't know it's just it, I, it was really interesting that's the closest I have a thing few... I've ever oh my god I can't believe I just told that story wow I, was, I haven't I... even told him that yeah I mean we don't talk anymore yeah I would assume that may be something you don't. Yeah. Talk about, but maybe exactly. at a certain point over drinks later in life. No, because they're madly in love. Well, yeah, maybe once they, they get married. Together. Guess what? We knew each other, and they made th- that will like probably create a fight for them for like a week. No, why would I do that? Why would I tell it? That's a secret that you keep to yourself. I feel like he's going to tell him at a certain point. No, he's not. Or maybe he already did, and then he knew he was waiting for you to say something you didn't. And that no, that. but no, I don't think so. Anyway, I didn't do anything wrong. No, you. Well, you kept a secret. That's not a secret. I, it doesn't matter who I match with. You selectively decided not to tell him some. It really doesn't. I, why, do I need to tell him everyone that I match with? Oh, you know, I actually matched him, town. and I wasn't into it. But I'm so happy that you are. No, I don't need to say that. That's okay. like that's information that doesn't need to be out there. Okay. You just like to tell all your business. Mm-mm. I just like to put information out there. I don't like to selectively. Uh, take information away from people. That's like, not selectively taking... I just didn't feel the need to tell them. <laughs> selectively. Do, not, producer, I'm not Vanessa, disclosed. Do you think I did something wrong? Get on the mic, please. Hmm. Vanessa, if I had matched with someone you're dating right now, but I wasn't into him, and just didn't tell you... It was like you, months ago. It was months it, before. I, this is what rude? I would think. Why didn't you tell me? Exactly. You must have liked him. No, I didn't. Or just like... I you kind feel... of forgot, in all honesty. You didn't forget the clown Or maybe shoes. you saw how happy this person was that you're like, you know what? I'm not going to yeah, ruin it. There's that no makes point. Sense. Yeah, there's no, yeah. there's literally okay. no point at there's, that point. There's a lot of They're literally talking about that. getting but married. But wouldn't that be weird wow. if then I I met you guys and then we acted like I just never met him before? You that would, would not weird. know. It would be a lie. Who cares? You just keep your lie to yourself. That's what I'm saying. No one knows. <laughs> I have a hard time with that. Yeah, that's anyway, your problem. But, <laughs> So now you know if you're friends with me or in my circle, I can't lie. So that's a good thing. Well, I mean, that's how you met your partner. It wasn't... It there was no lies involved. Wasn't he supposed to be for someone else and then well, she didn't I, want him? I thought, yeah, so... That's so funny, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So my my friend... Um, my friend... <laughs> listen to this. So my, my friend uh, had, had known someone previously. He invited us, uh, us up somewhere somewhere for the weekends, right? Um, north of California. And so we all met, and I actually was trying to hook them up, yeah, because they had known each other before, and that's what kind of you do. You don't step on uh, someone else's toes like that. You don't cock. Yeah. Cock. Could- <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was trying to hook them up, but she just wasn't interested in it. Until, and then finally, she said to me, well, it just seems like you really like him because I thought he was just a really nice guy, and I kept cl- complimenting him. Yeah, And so... Yeah. Uh, but then she kind of got annoyed of the whole thing, and she still is annoyed of the whole thing. Yeah, because y'all are a happy relationship. She thought he was a serial killer. It's <laughs> oh, a reveal like that. She still does. I interviewed. By the way, I interviewed. Uh, the, I, I interviewed the daughter that was part of Dirty John. Yeah. That actually killed John and Dirty John, the real oh, life daughter. Really. And so I told that friend. Oh, guess what? Because she always referred to Dirty John about, you know, when yeah. I met my, my current boyfriend. I go, guess who I'm interviewing? The daughter from Dirty John. She goes, it's not funny. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know what oh you would God. do in this situation. That's so intense. I don't think I'm in the wrong still. I feel like I also was going to tell another story after this. Did, but let's keep it going. Yeah, I do have more. It. I have more uh, stories of we gotta go, par- partnerships gone wrong that's after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Things have been getting juicy here on this Friday afternoon show. We've been talking about exes, relationships, best friends, ex-best friends. Specifically, what inspired this conversation um, was this question from this advice column saying that my friend won't let me meet her new boyfriend because I'm his type. So 
have any of us been there? Well, I've been in a place where I have had my own insecurities. Um, there is a someone who I'm actually best friends with. I love this person. We are always compared to each other, right? Uh, people say we have the same personalities. I think say as- their names. <laughs> say their names. <laughs> yeah, I hate you. Uh, although as we get older, you know, like we're becoming le- less and less common. Like we have our own thing. But back in the day, we were always put up for the same jobs. And so it created this story in my mind. Like there's always a bit of that. It felt for me not a competition, but I was aware of it. Right. Mm. And it was somewhat annoying, but I let it go because I love this person. I'm not that catty type. Right? I don't know. It doesn't sound like you let it go. <laughs> but there, my ex, I don't know. There was an energy where I felt like because she is amazing and beautiful and smart. I was like, oh, you know. Is he going to feel that way? And it's by the way, when you're with someone, it's okay for them to feel someone else is beautiful and smart. That's true. It's like it's, that it's, is actually okay. Just because you get into a relationship yeah. doesn't mean you stop thinking other people are attractive. But yeah, exactly. But for some reason, it just got a bit under my skin. And then one day, it went next level. I went on. I went on a search history, and I saw that he had searched her naked. Now is that and that that got under <laughs> my skin. That would have pissed me off too. My thing is, is that. Is that cheating? It felt for me like I said to him, hey, I'm okay that I'm not going to shame with your porn use. You could search whatever you want, right? It gets too close to home when you search a friend of mine. I don't think you were as uh, woke as you are now. No, I actually. Well, I didn't say that wording, but I said to him, I'm not going to get mad at you for porn because he was a big porn user yeah. or whatever he was into. Sound like, was it a problem? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's a different conversation for a different <laughs> Too show. many things at once. <laughs> but then I said, but when you, you know, when you Google a friend of mine, one who d- hasn't put up those pictures, I mean, those are also not of her consent, those pictures, right? Mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. crosses so many lines and it's too close to home. This is someone that we hang out with, that you see. So now in my head, I'm thinking that you're thinking about that when you're with her. And I, oh, I gave it to him, and who knows if he's he did it afterwards. But that became that was that was difficult. That was but really... I didn't want to stop him from hanging out with all of like I didn't stop us from seeing each other. But it still became Wait, it was an issue. How did you see his history? Were you searching? I I went on his laptop and I happened to look at history. Were Were you being nosy? Like what? Why? Yes, did you do I was that? being nosy. So honestly, guess what? It's your fault <laughs> because you went to look it, and that, they always say don't go looking for something that you don't want to find. I was hoping that I wasn't going to find anything. That's not how it ever works. No. Once you go looking, that you always find not something. Not necessarily. That is necessarily the rules. Um, I think it's actually one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> and um, I just don't think you should. Well, lesson learned. So there you go. That was my uh, moment of jealousy. Mm-hmm. But I did let them hang out and meet. Oh, so, thank God. I, I, Master I, I, Shira. Breathed, I breathed through it. <laughs> Worked on my triggers. It's possible. Oh, and God. now I'm on the other side of it with a very loving, healthy relationship. Well, depending <laughs> on who you ask. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. So often parents of children with special needs struggle to find Halloween costumes that will accommodate, you know, medical equipment or provide a proper fit. And so there is good news. I love this. Shop Disney has added new costumes to their impressive line of adaptive play costumes, they call it. Um, and from uh, 8.30, which is what? Is that, are we, is that August 30th to 9.26, October 26th? <laughs> They're, they're doing a 20% off sale for all costume and costume accessory orders of $75 with code SPOOKY. So you go to Shop Disney, use code SPOOKY. By the way, this isn't sponsored. But we just thought it was really cool that they're adding these costumes for uh, kids with special needs because this is so needed. I've seen so many pictures and videos that have gone viral because parents actually take it upon themselves to build these things. And it takes a lot of time and energy wow. and money from parents to do this. But yeah. thankfully, a company is stepping up to accommodate. So good on Disney for doing that. Have you figured out what you want to be for Halloween this year? Mm, no. 
Yeah, to be Have honest, you? I don't know. I'm probably going to be like, I don't know, my blanket on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one time we went out on Halloween? And I dressed as a prisoner for, um, yeah, it was a bad choice. We'll, we'll tell that story. I, you know, not, here's the thing. When you don't have a history of ever celebrating Halloween, you're really bad at picking Halloween costumes. And I found an orange jumpsuit. And I was like, oh, my God, this works. I went to a thrift store until I realized the context of me being a black man in a prison orange jumpsuit. But I rocked it and then hid the photos later. You did. Well, uh, that does it for our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And, and our show today. If you have any ideas for costumes for Halloween, let us know. Slide into our DMs at LGT Show. And that does it for our show today and for the week. We're back next week, weekdays here on Channel Q Live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. So much going on. So, yeah, listen, because uh, you never know what we're going to cover or Mm -hmm. say. Just Mm. saying. And we post everything as a podcast, so just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There. Subscribe to our podcast, will you? We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for what's popping with DJ Alex D right after this. Have a great weekend. Bye, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.